All right. Good morning, everyone. Now, bear with us a little bit. We may have, we're having a couple of technical issues, but just, uh, are you, everyone able to hear me all right? Am I coming through okay? All right, good. All right, we're going to start off this morning in 1 Corinthians. So 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26. I'm going to go ahead and read this, and then we're going to open with a word of prayer. So 1 Corinthians 14, 26 says, What then shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. Let's let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for each and every person able to be here today. And Lord, just ask your blessing on this word. Lord, above everything else, desire your words to be spoken today. Desire your your spirit to touch our hearts today, Lord. So, Lord, speak through me, minister through me. Lord, have your way in this service today, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I want to start off today, well, first saying Happy Pentecost Sunday <laughs> and... uh Memorial Day weekend, and like Pastor Chad mentioned, was our last uh, Sunday in Henderson. So it's a very uh, complicated day, but that's okay. We're gonna we're gonna share the word today, and I want to ask a question. You don't have to answer out loud. You can think on this on the inside. But if you've ever been in a situation with a group of people and two possible Two options. One is you're working with a group of people and everybody is out for themselves. It could be a workplace, it could be a group of friends, it could be a family, it could be whatever, group of people, and everybody's out for themselves. Or everybody is saying, how can I help contribute to overall good of this group? Maybe it's a workplace and you got everybody's out for themselves or everybody's saying, how can I, how can I contribute and bring something that helps to this workplace succeed? And there's a big difference between those two, right? If you've ever been in that situation, you know, hey, there's a huge difference. One place is going to do well. One place is not. One place is going to be a place you want to be and one place is going to be a place you really don't want to be. And the choice of how that, of which one you're going to end up with is really an individual choice, isn't it? It's really a choice of each person saying, when I come here, what, what am I doing? Why am I here? Or a part where they're interacting, it can be, it could be a group of friends or it can be a group of, it could be a family even and somebody, and when people are making that decision, they say, I want this overall group to do well. And I want to contribute in this overall group to do well, or I'm just here for myself. I want to see what I can get out of it. And those two different choices are going to make a big difference on how, how quality that group is. So what this verse is saying, now this verse in 1 Corinthians, this is right in the middle of Paul's trying to explain the believers in Corinth are having, they're having these, they have the spiritual gifts now. And they're getting words of prophecy and they're getting God's doing really cool things and they're getting these revelations and these prophecies and he's trying to help them understand how to share those in a way that helps the church in a, in an orderly way, in a way that's not confusing, not chaos. But he's encouraging them to really kind of have this expectation, hey, God's given you gifts and God's going to give you things to share with other people. God's gonna, God's working through. He's gonna give you things to help contribute to the body, to the church that's gonna bless the church. And He wants to teach them how to do that in an orderly way. But I wanna point out, that's a very, that's an amazing, you realize how much, we can all appreciate that that's an amazing expectation, isn't it? To say, wait, God's gonna give me something to help bless the church? It might just be, an encouraging word or to somebody or helping somebody out or, or even saying hello to somebody, but it may be 
that God's going to give me something to help bless someone else. And last week, uh, Eddie preached on spiritual gifts and being part of a body. And this message, almost a little bit of a follow-up to that. Uh, I'm not going to rehash that. I'm going to refer you back to listen to Eddie's recording with a response that came after Eddie's message. I, I was hearing people saying that's the, one of the best messages they've ever heard. And I, I mean, it, there was a really positive response to that message. That was a powerful message. So I encourage you to listen to that if you haven't got a chance to. But I just, so I'm not going to try to redo that. I'm just going to try to build on that. Uh, I'm not going to try to copy that. But Eddie had talked about how God's given us each gifts, and Scripture tells us that we are all part of a body. And one part of the body cannot say, I don't need the other part. One part of the body, you know, you, your hand can't tell your foot, well, I don't need you. Your eye can't tell your ear, well, I don't need you. And in the same way, different parts of the body can't say that, I'm well, I'm useless. The foot is not to say, well, I'm not an ear, so I'm useless. No, that foot's very valuable. You want to try to walk, you want, you want your feet. You know, that's try to hear, you want your ears. Every part of the body has its purpose and its value, and no one can tear down someone else's value, and individually we should not tear down our own value. We realize we are all pieces of a body that are working together and value that. So I want to talk today about a church mindset. This is amazing realization that we are all part of a body and God has given us each individually gifting and spiritual calling on our lives and gives us spiritual gifts, gives us things that we can say and do to contribute. How then do we approach church? And on this Pentecost Sunday, really considered like the birthday of the church, I want to talk a little bit about, and I don't want to get too negative, so, but bear with me. It's important to kind of do a little checkup on how's the American church doing. How's the church in the U.S. doing? What's our, what's our trend? Where are we headed? So bear with me a little bit on this. Overall, church attendance, church membership, everything is down. It's not Keep in mind, the American population continues to grow. So when we talk about percentages, if it goes down a little bit in percentage, that's a lot of people that are not, in, not connected to a church, not connected to a body. That's a lot of, it's bad for them, they're not getting the blessing of being connected to a church, and it's bad for the church because the church is not getting the blessing of being connected to them. Negative for both sides. So I'll give you an idea how we're doing. 2019. 2019 before the, it was before the pandemic. 3,000 new churches opened in 2019 in the U.S. Hey, wow. 3,000 new churches opened in the U.S. 2019. That sounds good until then you look, oh, 4,500 of them closed. closed. 4,500 churches closed that same year. And we realize I was happy for a second at the 3,000 opening, but then I realized another 50% more than that, 4,500 of that closed that year. Currently today, the estimates are that on a weekly basis, on average, between 75 and 150 churches are closing every week. Not, not month, not year, week, weekly basis. At a rate of 150 a week, that's almost, that's almost 8,000 a year. That's up a lot from 2019. Doing some research and looking, and I was actually looking at some, some real estate sources. So it wasn't really church information. It was just saying, what are we going to do with all the empty church buildings? There are some estimates that there may be 100,000 churches that close in the next few years. That's a fourth of them in the United States. You say, well, Jason, this is not a very encouraging message. Bear with me now. We have to be honest about where we are if we ever want to build up to do something better. 
can't get better if you're not honest with where you're at. 1999, I know I'm throwing out a lot of numbers here, but I'll try to pull them together here. So right at the turn of the century, 99, 2000, when there were surveys done of, hey, are you a member of a church? Do you belong to a church? In the United States, 70% of people said, yes, I'm a member of a church. As of last year, that number was down to 46%. So 70% of people said, yeah, I'm a member of a church. I belong to a church back 20-something years ago. Now it's down to 46%. And we could, we could say, well, this part kind of shocked me looking into this. We could say, but it was the pandemic, obviously. It must have been the pandemic. And then start looking at, okay, from 2000 to 2022, here's this trend, 70% down to about 46%. That's about 1% decline a year for 20-something years. That's how you get there, an average of about 1% decline a year. 2018, for the pandemic, only 50% of people said that they were church members. The change from 2018 to 2022, with the pandemic in there, is the same rate of decline as the previous 20 years. About 1% a year. It's only gone down about 4% in those past four years. When you survey people. And what does that mean? That that shocked me because it's very easy to say, oh, no, it's the pandemic. Then you realize before the pandemic, the church was heading, is heading the wrong direction as far as number of people and percentage of people that say I'm a church member. But let's kind of get down to some realities. We all know, I've, I've talked to other churches. I know here we, we all know that there was a steep, that there's been a steep decline in church in-person attendance, tithes and offerings, um, some studies have shown in-person attendance is down by, by as much as half. And especially a lot of attendance down in anything other than a Sunday morning service. Any extra things are down quite a bit. Now, how can that be? How can we see such a sudden decline that we've seen over the past few years, and yet when we survey people, it all looks steady. It doesn't, it's just been a steady decline. There's nothing dramatic happened. If you just looked at the surveys that said, hey, average American, do you belong to a church? And you just graphed those changes over time, going down from 70% down to 46%, you wouldn't even notice the pandemic. It's a steady decline. And yet we've seen a very real, in, in the church, we've seen a very real change as far as in-person attendance, as far as, as far as everything. And not our, not just our church, every church I talk to is having these same things. So there's two things I want to talk about. Two issues. Obviously, there's a decline in people who consider themselves a member of a church. That's obvious. The second one, though, that might actually be more concerning is there's a decline in what people think of when they say they're a member of a church. What they consider, oh, I'm a member of a church, what does that, what does that mean? There's a lot less connection. Eddie was opening up a moment, uh, was doing the announcements a moment ago talking about the need to be connected to people and spot on with what we're talking about today. There's a need to be connected. And we're seeing what I believe, I think particularly important, what people actually desire from a church. My whole life, I've been in church my whole life, been several different ones, gotten to know church leadership really well, gotten, to know, gotten very close to people. A, a lot of the church over the past, during this very sharp decline, a lot of churches have emphasized programs and what you can offer to people, and there is an important part to that. But I think what people really want from a church is to be connected. 
to get to know people, have people get to know them, and be a part of a body, something bigger than themselves, and especially be a part of a body where everybody, like I was saying with that workplace or like that group of friends or that family, any social group, everybody's coming in saying, I want to bless the other people around me. I just want, I want to encourage people. I want to be positive. I want you to know that I care about you. People want to be there when that's, when that's happening. And we can do all the church programs in the world, but we've lost a lot of people, lost a lot of ground in the United States. And I think that's where the issue is, is the church, is the church, is church a place where people are coming in saying, I'm, I'm excited to, Encourage somebody else and let them know I care. I want to get to know other people. I want to bless other people. I want to say, I'm glad you're here. I want to get, I want to actually get to know you and you get connected in a group like that. You want to be a part of that group. That's life giving. That's encouraging. And what we got to avoid is I'm going to call it like a movie theater mindset. Where church becomes, where there's a performance on the stage and it, or a performance on the screen and it kind of doesn't matter whether you're there or not. You know, they wrote, have you ever been to a movie theater and you're the only one there? Or like, my wife and I have done that a few times where it's like, oh, we're going to get a private movie. If you go to like an early time or off time, you're the only one sitting there and they still show the movie. They don't keep track. They don't necessarily care who's there. It doesn't matter who's there. They're just going to show the movie anyway. And when it comes to church, we want to make sure we are a connected body, not a group of performers for a group for an audience. We want to make sure that we're actually a connected body. That's what Scripture tells us over and over again. What? I love this verse in Proverbs that reminds us how important it is to be connected. As iron sharpens iron, excuse me, how, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. That is an amazing verse. When, when iron sharpens iron, you get, you get one metal sharpening another. That, ma- that makes, you sharpen a tool like that, that makes that tool useful. But in the process, you're scraping things off. You're getting, you know, it can be kind of a rough process. It's kind of, it's, it looks like it's damaging the metal, but it's a very important step. Otherwise, if you're trying to sharpen a knife or sharpen a, any kind of cutting tool, if it's dull, you can't, you can't do anything with it. You take it through that sharpening process, it becomes useful. It's beneficial for that tool, but that's a painful process. You're scraping off pieces of metal. And when uh, people are together, sometimes there'll be conflict. But if you've come in with that attitude of we are a body and we are serving one another, we care for one another, we want to bless one another, you come in with that attitude and that conflict and that accountability and those things that kind of kind of dig into you a little bit is beneficial. It makes you makes you sharp, sharpens you. And I believe deep down we have that desire of I, I want to be used by God. I want to be, I want to do something that matters. It's one of those kind of core human desires. Like I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. I want to do something that matters. And that's found in the body of Christ. That's what fulfills that. I hear lots of people in the world, in, outside the church talk about trying to find that and going off. Oh, if, you, if you truly get connected to the body of Christ, that's where you're going to have that thing you're looking for. Going to have that. I'm part of something bigger than myself. I'm part of something that's has going to matter for eternity. And that's what really deep down a lot of people are desiring, are desiring, are looking for. But what we've seen, a lot of people missing from church. The church is really slimmed down. And we can say, oh, that's discouraging. No, that can't be right. But I want to give some good news today. 
I've given you negative numbers. Now I want to give you some good news. So I want to give you encouragement. I'm working on this message, and I keep remembering this thing that happened with a friend of mine. I'm going, all right, Lord, what do you got here? What's, what's this? A friend of mine went into basic training in the military. I hadn't seen him for a while. And he's always kind of a stocky guy and strong, very strong and very stocky. He comes back from basic training. I didn't recognize him from, from the back. He'd slimmed down. He was so skinny. He'd slimmed down a whole bunch. And my first reaction, I look at him and I'm like, that can't be right. That can't be healthy. Like, what, what has happened to this guy? <laughs> you know, this can't possibly be right. And yet, he was in the best shape of his life. He was doing things he'd never been able to do before. He was going on those long hikes, those heavy backpacks, and all the things that they do in military basic training. He's doing things he could, he's never been able to do before. He had the best endurance he'd ever have in his life, but he didn't look big and strong. But he had been shaping. He'd been he'd been toned and and directed into a body type that was endurance. It was a soldier look. And you know, my mindset, you see movies or you see uh toy soldiers or anything, it's they look they look like action figures. They're you know huge and muscular. And really when you actually see real life soldiers, you see real life special forces people, they tend to be lean and very fit and very but have great endurance. Not huge physical strength, but great endurance. And I didn't understand that. But his, through the, his training, what that, what had happened, his body transforming, he had been conditioned and shapen and sharpened into what he needed to be to be a soldier. What he needed to do to accomplish what the authority had in mind for him. And I see what's happening in the church and it'd be very easy to say, God, what's going on? Well, maybe it's time to panic. What should we do? What, and realizing, Lord, are you, are you shaping a body that will do the, do, do the job, do the mission? That will have the endurance to do the people that are like, Hey, I'm all in. I know what it is to go through something hard, but I'm, I'm all in. And it may look like a really lean body, but it may be the best shape it's ever been in its life. That's exciting to me. No, I don't, I don't want, to lose people from the church, but when I when I look overall and see God, if if you're forming us into what you really need us to be, there's there's got to be some excitement into that. When you're seeing that, what do you do as a church? I'll give you a very simple goal as a church. You're saying you may hear voices saying panic. Instead, you say, let's become the most biblical church we can be. Because the early church was very lean, but highly effective. We've talked about that, and it's a great day to talk about that on Pentecost Sunday. You had a very, you had a lean church, but they had, but they accomplished incredible things in a hostile environment. And we look around, we're like, oh, we're starting to see that kind of same thing. Well, how do they succeed? Well, we got that in the Bible, how they succeeded. So we got to be as biblical as we can because we have, we have, oh, we have that guide. We have that, te- we have that testimony of how that church succeeded being lean and in, in a tough environment. We find ourselves in that same spot. Well, we need to do what they did. We need to become as biblical a church as we can. What does that look like and so tackling that church mindset what's that look like to be a biblical church well i'm going to give you a few simple points because i could preach 10 sermons and not cover that whole that whole idea of what a real biblical church looks like so i gotta i gotta pick and choose something here so this is three areas i want to talk about serving learning and caring and this is going to be very basic, but very important. First and foremost, our highest calling is worshiping the Lord. We realize that, right? We are called to worship God. That is, that's our highest calling. 
operating within a body and individually. We worship the Lord. Our personal relationship with the Lord is exactly how we bring something in to contribute to the church. Hopefully in our prayer life, our time we're spending with God, we're able to come in here and say, I am so happy to see, so happy to see my other members of my church body. I'm so happy to see these other believers. Let me, let me speak some encouragement into you. Let me tell you what God's been showing me. That's what that verse is talking about in 1 Corinthians. You're getting a revelation. You're getting a, a hymn to praise the Lord. You're getting this and that. We all come together and we've all gotten something from God to share with each other. That's amazing. That's, that's a biblical church. Give some practical points of what that's going what that looks like. First thing, serving. I read this verse in Mark 10. I don't know how many times I have read or heard this verse, and it felt like I read it for the first time in preparing for it. Sometimes scripture does that. You can read over something you know forwards and backwards, you think, and then you read it and it's like, I feel like I just read that for the first time. Let me read Mark 10, 43 through 45. Jesus has just told his disciples, here's how the, here's how the Gentiles treat each other. They, if they have authority, they really lord it over each other. They're all trying to be the best or the greatest. And the disciples had just been arguing, who's the greatest among us? And here's Jesus' response. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be the first must be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus is saying, you want to be great? Become, act like a servant of others, serve other people. That's going to make you great. That is a, that, I, I have no, I know that verse. And yet I read it and it jumped out to me in just such a fresh reminder of, that's exactly how a, a church mindset, how we approach it. Come in not thinking, what can I get out of this today? Let me come here and see what I can get out of it. Instead, coming in and saying, how can I bless someone else? Not how are they going to bless me, but what can I, what can I do to bless someone else? How can I, how can I serve someone else today? That'll, that'll transform a church. That'll, that'll create an environment where, you know, people want to be there. Here's another thing. Is there something that we should be getting out of church? We should be. We want to, we want to pour in, but we, we do get something out of it. And that second one I'm going to call learning, called serving in the church. Actually, before I go on, let me touch on something with serving. What is that? Some practical things. What does that look like? How about when, you know, you come in and saying hi to somebody, saying, I'm glad you're here. How, how was your week? Not just the pleasantry thing, but, but really mean. How are you doing? How are things? And you build that connection. Spending time with people. Saying, what, what needs to be done in the church? Hey, can I help out with, with this, with that? What, what can I do to help things run smoothly in the church? It can be small stuff. In preparing this, I'm thinking, I really don't want people to try to take on some huge load. I really don't. I, I wouldn't even recommend that. I'd recommend you take small steps in getting more connected. I wrote this down. I want to be clear. I'm not asking anyone to do everything. Asking everyone to do something. It's good for you and it's good for the body. I'm going to say that again. I'm not asking anyone to do everything. I'm not asking anyone to show up for every single thing we do. If the Lord leads you to do that and you have that kind of energy level and that, that makes sense, great. Great. Show up every time. I don't show up to every single time the doors are open. I don't do, I don't do every single thing. I don't recommend necessarily anyone do every single thing. Strongly recommend everybody do something. Everybody be connected to something. 
The second area, learning. We do get something out of church. Let me read Ephesians 4 to you. Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 13. So Christ gave, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. We call that five-fold ministry. Those five areas that Christ gave us these things. Why? Goes on in verse 12 and says, to equip his body for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And kind of say, well, what do I go to church for? What do I get out of church? And scripture says right there, we come together, we get equipped to do things. We get equipped, prepared to do acts of service and do ministry in our own lives. And it's really easy to think, no, I, I thought I came to church to be ministered to. You're telling me I'm coming to church to be equipped to do ministry? Yeah. Our personal walk with Christ helps to fuel us to, to come into church and be a blessing, and then we get fueled up from church to go and bless others and minister to them. You know that Greek word there for equipping actually mean it means for the equipping, also means for the perfecting. When it says Christ's people are being equipped, it also means you being perfected, being matured, being means growing, being equipped. That's going to you see how you see how this how this flow would work. God's blessing, God ministers to us in our daily lives, so we can encourage one another. And we get we get encouraged and equipped by one another, and you get that going, you can you can reach the world, you can you can minister to the lost. That's going to prompt somebody to say, "Hey, I, I have all these other groups that I could be a part of in my life, but what's going on there with your church? Because you're blessing one, you're blessing and encouraging, caring about one another. I want to be a part of that." Third area, I want to, I'm going to just call this caring. Because we can do the things you remember in scripture. I don't have it in my notes, but you know, in scripture, Paul talks about giving everything he had to the poor. But if he doesn't have love, it doesn't mean anything. Or having incredible understanding of all prophecy, but if he doesn't have love, it doesn't mean anything. So that means that we can go, we could do these things. We could show up to everything. Every time this building is open, we could show up. We could be involved in everything. But if we don't care for people, it's just not going to go well. It's not going to work. People are going to notice, you know, you're just kind of doing that just out of, out of, out of to-do list, out of chores. You're not, not really caring about people, not really. You can do church by the book, but if we're not, Loving one another, what's the point? Here's what Scripture says in Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. Like I was saying before, you get in that you get in that workplace where everybody's like, "Hey, what do you need me to do to help you help this whole place succeed?" Now that's an attitude you want to. That's where you want to be. Take interest in other people. What's going on in somebody else's life? I love that we have like this past Friday night we had a game night at the Henderson location. And some people played board games with each other and some talked and some, and just the connection that you get, it not, that's different than sitting in seats and listening to a speaker. When you're sitting down and you're playing board games with each other, but along, you know, in between, you're also talking about, hey, how, how are you doing? How's that health issue that you have? How's your family doing? What, and you get, you get connected with people and you get to know people at a personal level. That really, ha- that has meaning. That has value. That is, those are relationships and friendships that people wish they had. 
when you're looking out for the interests of others, not your own, you realize that that takes a lot of trust in God to do that. It's tempting to say, well, I got to look out for me. But when you know that God's got a plan calling on you and he's watching out for you and you say, all right, I'll start watching out for other people. You know what's kind of what stops us from that though? Is fear. It's kind of scary. I don't, I don't, and I'm not going to bash anybody from saying, hey, that's kind of scary to do that. It's kind of scary to reach out to people. It's kind of scary to look out for other people. I, I get it. I received some good advice. I, I'll let you know, because I know some, some here, you don't even know me, but I get people that know, knew me 20 years ago. And they're like, Jason, how are you up on a stage talking in front of people like that? Like, we never imagined you'd be that person. And they're like, I, I can't even reconcile a person you've turned into from the person you were 20 years ago. And like, great, you know, great. But let me, let me tell you some about that. Because there was a time I was a person that I really had trouble connecting to other people. I'm, I'm naturally, my personality, I'm naturally tend to be introverted. I tend, I'm, I'm not, I've never been one to have huge social life group of friends and everything. I have a very quality group of friends. And I praise the Lord for that. But it's always been, it's always been trouble, especially if back in the day, it was hard for me to connect with people, hard for me to talk to people, hard for me to, to figure it out. There was even some, there was some, there was fear, there was some resentment, there was some, Ah, it's, other people are just too difficult to, to engage with. I wish more people would reach out to me. Or I'm too afraid of what they think. Or insert whatever that is. I got some very blunt, honest advice that has really helped me out over the years and I want to share it. Honestly, most people are too, are, you feel that insecurity? Oh, people are going to see this about me. Most people are too worried about themselves to notice every little flaw about you. Really is true. Most people are, uh, let you in on a secret, everybody's insecure about something. And most people don't see your insecurities the way you think they see them. They really don't. Your insecurity looks a lot bigger to you than it does to anybody else. They're, they're more worried about themselves. They're really not noticing your issues all that much. And if you take that the way I did, that kind of, you kind of take a deep breath and you just relax. And you go, you know what? People are really not out, people are not out there trying to find my insecurities. I really need to relax a little bit. Another point. If you want to be, if you want to have friends, you need to be friendly. Like, well, that's obvious. Sometimes it's not that obvious. I had the, the Lord really had to deal with me with that. I still remember the time I'm standing. I was at my workplace at the time, and I'm praying, Lord, I'm having such a hard time. I'm so angry at these people, and He and the Holy Spirit starts speaking to me and goes, "It's your fault. You're not connecting with people." I didn't want to hear that. I was, I was rather enjoying blaming other people. I, it made me feel a lot better to blame others. And the Holy Spirit says, no. And I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, it's partly my fault. No, no, no. And he stops me and goes, no. You know, the way people have acted towards you, they, that's going to happen. That's going to happen in life. You, it's your fault the way you're responding to it is why you're not connecting with people. Completely up to you to change this. Wow, okay. Proverbs eighteen twenty four, And I'm reading the King James Version on this. It says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And the Lord is a friend to us that is closer than even a sibling or anything. But in this life, interacting with other people... A lot of people around us have been hurt. A lot of people around us have the same fears that we do. A lot of people have the same thing. 
you got to be friendly because other people are relying on you to tell them who you are. They don't see those flaws. They don't see through you the way we tend to think that they do. People are are looking for, hey, you got to tell me who you are. I don't know you. And you got to be able to send signals to them, show them you're friendly. Otherwise, they don't know. They don't know if you're friendly or not. They got the same fear you do. If you want to connect with people, you got to be able to show that you're friendly. And I'm going to invite uh, Ryan. If you want to get ready, I'm going to close. I'm going to close with this last thought here. Something that I believe is plaguing the church. So we covered three points here. We covered serving, learning, and caring. Basically, coming in with a church mindset that says, "I want to serve other people. I want to learn." And I want to genuinely care. And there are many other things we could say about a church mindset, but we're just, that's, that's enough for today. But I want to talk about that desire for a feeling of belonging somewhere. You ever have that feeling like, I just, some place that feels like home. I belong there. I know that I belong there. It's a, it's a place that I feel safe at, that I feel at home at. I belong there. I have that, I have a confidence when I walk in there among, even among other people. Oh, I, I used to strongly desire that. And I just found out something along the way. Thank the Lord. Is that chasing that feeling? You can you could spend your whole life chasing that feeling and not get it. There are plenty of people that go from place to place saying, "Oh, I'm just trying to find somewhere that I belong." And as soon as something negative happens, they they leave that situation, that that place, that group of people, and say, "Well, I just didn't belong there." And they say, "You know, I, I just spend my whole life running around trying to find a place I belong." You're not, you need to stop chasing that feeling. Feelings are unreliable. Feelings are, you can't trust feelings. They come and go. There are people, I, I've known people that are super connected with the church. They know everything inside and out. And they're like, well, I just don't feel connected. I don't, I don't feel like I belong. Are you kidding? You, you couldn't possibly belong any more than you do. But they just don't feel it at that time. That's natural, that's human, but that's not something to make a decision based off of. You're going to have feelings come and go. You actually do the things. You actually take the, you, you're actually, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to show up. I'm going to contribute. I'm going to, I'm going to act like I belong. I'm going to, I'm, I know God's called me to this body, this church. I'm going to, I'm going to show up and act like I belong. And then one day you realize, wow, I belong. Oh, I do fit in. And it kind of happened without me trying all that hard. I was, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't manage to catch that feeling. I changed my mindset and that feeling just kind of came with it. Great advice that I got. That I received. And I think he may have been sharing, he may have read it elsewhere. I don't know the source of it, but I really have, really appreciated this advice. It's a lot better to think your way to new feelings than to try to feel your way to new thinking. You can try to feel, I'll try to find the right situation or things so I can feel and then I'll, then I'll think right. No, it's so much more effective. What you're really gonna, you're, what you're gonna succeed with is if you are thinking your way through something and then those feelings will come feel like you belong you kind of you really act like you belong if the lord's called if and the lord's called you to this church that is as that is as belonging as you can get you're called to be a part of this body yep you belong but that's it now all you need to do oh you're like oh i just don't feel that well continue in obedience to what the lord's called you to do here and you, at some point, you'll find out, wow, what happened? 
I'm, I'm connected. I belong. And I, and how, I didn't even realize when that happened. But I walked. I was faithful in what God called me to do, and I ended up there. And you might think, well, well, yeah, Jason, you're you're an elder here, and you do the inreach thing. You got you got these titles. I didn't have the. I didn't always have these titles. I didn't. I wasn't born with those. You know, those titles, those positions. I kind of stumbled my way into them, just by trying to. Lord, you called me here. Okay, I'm going. I'm going to do my best. And without trying ended up with wow lord you've blessed me i'm a part of this body i have that thing that i desired 20 years ago and i didn't get it by chasing it i got it by following the lord so here's the challenge the takeaway point i want to encourage those listening here those listening to the recording later on wherever you're hearing this message I am not telling you to take some radical steps and try to do everything and be at everything. I'm not going to ask you to do that. All I'm going to ask is you take some simple steps that you can actually do. Be committed to what God's called you to be, be at this body. Come when you can. Get involved in more than just Sunday morning. God's given you certain giftings. Let let us know. Let us try to help plug you into things. There are opportunities to serve here. There's things going on. Even if it's not something with a title, even just when you come and you just, I'm just going to make sure that I say hi to people. I'm going to come to that cafe on Sunday mornings and say hi and ask how people are doing. I'm going to call that person I haven't seen for a while or reach out to them on social media or something. Those things can make a big difference. And it may not come with a title or anything like that, but just caring about people, coming to learn, coming to share and serve one another. Even the simple little things are very important. Don't, Don't undervalue yourself and even the simple things that you do. So I'm going to close with a word of prayer. going to ask that we are contemplative today. Ask the Lord to show something we can do. Now remind you a a very simple phrase is true across life. You get out what you put in. And that, that is the truth. Let's pray. Lord, Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for this church body. Lord, our heart's desire as a church and as a body is that you shape us into what you want us to be and that we accomplish, Lord, that we accomplish what you want us to accomplish. That is our heart's desire. So when when you speak over Wellspring, it is that you're pleased and we've accomplished what you had for us to do, Lord. Lord, that we love one another, we serve one another, and that we are growing closer to you, Lord. Lord, show us, grant us the insight, show us where simple things we can do that will serve and bless each other, Lord. Let us come in with a church mindset that says, even Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. Lord, as followers followers of Christ, let us do that, Lord. Didn't, Didn't show up to be served, showed up to serve. Thank you, Lord, for that. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask everyone that can go ahead and stand with us. Uh, we're going to play some worship music. Uh, I'll close in a word of, I'll dismiss us in a word of prayer here in a minute. But during this worship music, if you need prayer for anything, honestly, anything, we love to pray for people. We're praying church. You need prayer for anything. Either come up or let us know. We'll come to your seat, whatever you need. But we would let, we are a praying church. So if you want prayer, need prayer for anything, get our attention, let us know. Let's worship here in this uh, music, and I'll dismiss us here in, in a moment.
close and dismiss us here with this one final thought. It's been a there's a, a church model out there where there's a you know suit certain group of people do things and then everybody else is just the audience. And scripturally, what we're pursuing here, continuing to pursue here at Wellspring, is the church model like that First Corinthians, where everybody's getting to use their spiritual gifts. Everyone's contributing to the body. It's not just a group of performers and an audience. It is a body of Christ where God's flowing through each individual and everyone's getting the full potential of their of their personal ministry in the Lord. And I believe there is a heart in a lot of people that want that. I think there's a lot of people that are just like, I'm tired of just being an audience member. I want to be a part of a group that I belong with and I and guys can see God using me and I can grow in that gift. And that's exactly what we're pursuing and chasing here. So if that's what you're looking for, you're in the right place. And I'm excited about it. I am excited about well spring's future. I'm going to go ahead and close this, uh, dismiss this in a word of prayer. But if you need prayer for anything, I, I totally get if you say, hey, I don't feel comfortable coming up in front of everybody, totally fine. Talk to us afterwards. S- still want to pray with you. Have that time if you if you need that. Totally fine with that. Let's, let's dismiss in a word of prayer. Lord, thank you again. And Lord, thank you for every individual that you've brought to Wellspring and the giftings you've put in them. Lord, we want a church, family, and environment that taps every bit of that potential, Lord. People can see you working in them. Lord, I pray you bless, protect everybody as they leave here this this morning. Thank you, Lord, for every one of them. And Lord, pray that this day is just honoring to you, Lord. And this message, as it goes forward and recorded form, Lord, let it have every impact that you want it to have, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.